Welcome, everyone, to the Robin Walter Show. Boy, just another packed day. You know, I don't remember, frankly, any time in my life where events have unfolded so fast. The The speed of events is amazing. And I don't know if it's a situation where, because the enemy, the devil, knows his time is short, he's working feverishly and furiously which he clearly is, and then, and maybe that sense wouldn't be uh, possessed by other people in other places and countries. But here in the United States, it sure seems like it. And so we got a lot to cover today. I am going to revert back to something that I used to do all the time, and that is to start with good news and try to end with good news. Sometimes I have a lot of good news. Sometimes I don't have anything, and it's just a Bible verse is the good news for the day, and that sometimes is really all it needs to be. But I want to start with a Supreme Court decision dealing with gun rights. And the Supreme Court determined that any state, well, it deals with a case in New York, but they said that a person to be able to get a concealed carry permit who otherwise meets the reasonable requirements, which means not having a criminal record and blah, 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 those kind, and not, you know, you can't be a, a, a felon, uh, you, can't, you can't go in and get it at 14 years old, and some reasonable restrictions like that, which everyone has generally accepted, the state cannot make you prove that you have a special over-the-top need as a basis for which you would be able to get a concealed carry permit. Now, a lot of people have them, a lot, and more are getting them all the time. But I'll tell you, one of the reasons, one of 72 reasons that I exited California, and this should be good news for California, maybe, was because I could not get a concealed carry permit. So when I'm running for office and I get hostile people, I uh, get threats of some sort, and you know, who knows what they want to do? They want to shoot her horses. They want to uh, break into the house, want to attack my wife, shoot me, whatever it is. Does it have to be an over-the-top need to desire to protect yourself? Well, New York said you got to you got to prove and show that you have a, a basis for needing a, a weapon of self-defense more than just an average need of walking down the street. And that's the problem in California. It's not a shall issue, meaning that they have to issue the permit if you otherwise meet the requirements. It was a may issue. They may give it to you. They have the discretion to issue the permit or not issue the permit based upon how good or lousy the sheriff is in that particular county. It's up to them. And so in most California counties, until you get to a few inland counties and a few great counties in the extreme north and northeast end of California, 
you can't get a concealed carry permit unless you tell them that you routinely carry for business needs $200,000 in cash on you or some crazy made-up reason like that. You can't get it. Well, the Supreme Court has said that that is unconstitutional. And though it deals with a New York law, the principle by which they that they laid down here is that well, you cannot violate the person's Second Amendment rights just because another party doesn't think that they have a serious exposure. I want to read Joe No Brains Biden's response to this. Now, I'm traveling. I hope nobody calls me because I'm on a computer and I'm also on my phone to read this. So uh, this is Biden in response to this huge Second Amendment victory, which should give everyone in California and the other uh, discretionary issue cases, states, the May issue states, they should give them an absolute right to be able to get a concealed carry permit, not limited by time or scope or purpose, other than to protect yourself. doesn't have to be some huge reason that you have to prove to a, some sheriff that hates the Second Amendment and hates conservatives, of which there are a lot of bad sheriffs in California. There are. They grew up in those communities, and they, they grew up on the left. So this is Joey speaking here. Quote, since 1911, the state of New York has required individuals who like to carry a concealed weapon in public to show a need to do so for the purpose of self-defense and to acquire a license. I'm going to stop there a second to show a need. I want you to think about something here. All of the rampant, violent crime throughout especially New York City, but these other cities as well, wouldn't the average person now not needing any special purpose, isn't just personal self-defense walking around New York in and out of a subway or whatever be enough cause to have the need to protect yourself. New York City sucks. It's an awful place. It's a terrible place. All the people that are getting mugged and killed and shot there in Chicago and L.A. You shouldn't have to. You know what the special need is, Joey No Brains Biden? The special need is living in New York City, Chicago, or New York. What's your special need? Answer, I live here. I'm living and trying to survive in a crime-riddled, crime-infested, crime-induced by the Biden administration city. Every time I step out my door, I am taking a risk of life that's rising to being as close to a risk of life as the cops have. But this thought that they somehow get to dictate what your risk is or should be and you get to somebody like Pete Buttgag who would come out with an answer like, well, then just don't go outside. Get somebody to drive you there. Get a stinking electric car. I don't know what his answers are to anything because he's got no brains. Well, we know he's got brains, but we know in what part of his body those brains are lodged. This is the demon crat <clears throat> tactic of maintaining control. So Biden goes on to say, Where does he say here? Okay, I'm trying to read from a smartphone here. 
He said, this is reasonable that you should have to have a proper cause to obtain a concealed carry license. As if personal self-defense is not a proper cause. Because, Joey, uh, I want to save myself all the medical bills if I get shot and I'm not killed. Joey, I want to save my family from the funeral expenses if I'm killed. Joey, I want to be able to continue the income stream to my wife or my husband and my children if I get taken out of commission because some guy you've induced and all the all the violence you've induced because it's the way that you got Donald Trump out of office is turning all the all the violence free and free of prosecution. You only want to prosecute your political enemies like on January 6th. Joey, why is that not enough to protect myself, to protect an income stream, to save the money for medical expenses, the funeral expenses? Why does there need to be some extra need? Well, the Supreme Court says there doesn't need to be. Personal defense is all there needs to be to get the concealed carry permit. Now, go down here to the quote by their loser governor. No, wait a minute. I got one more quote from Biden. I got to fit in here. He says... Now, here we are, this is Joey talking, more than a century later, the United States Supreme Court has chosen to strike down New York's long-established authority to protect its citizens. Is this guy the most moronic idiot in the whole world? Yes, but he's also evil. He's a demonic moronic, dumb, stupid, and wicked. So he's saying, the long-established authority to protect its citizens. When did the concealed carry laws ever protect its citizens? The fact of the matter is the concealed carry laws and the requirement that you show a special purposes has denied the citizens the ability and right to protect themselves. I mean, let's... let's the guy who did the shooting, the... Uh, I don't know, can't remember his name. The guy who shot all the people didn't kill anybody. It was a crappy shot. Killed all, or shot, what, 10 or 12 people on the subway. Did he have a concealed carry permit? No. Did he need one? Well, yeah, he was supposed to have one, but he's a criminal. By definition, criminals don't follow the law. They got guns. Who's, who's being protected by the concealed carry permits requirement? The criminals. Because they know they got, they don't have anybody around them that's also caring because they can't get a permit. And the criminal doesn't need a permit. He doesn't care a rat's rear end if he's got a permit. He likes it that way. It's the criminals who like the concealed carry laws. Because all the good people, the honest people, the law-abiding citizens can't get a permit. The criminals don't need one. And the criminals go into all sorts of environments, Subway, McDonald's, Amish school, name it. And they know that nobody's armed because nobody can get the concealed carry permit. Now we're down to Kathy Hotzel. What a brain-dead governor. Quote, 
Does everyone understand what a concealed weapon means? That you have no forewarning that someone can hide a weapon on them and go into our subways, going into our grocery stores, like stores up in Buffalo, New York, where I'm from. This decision isn't just reckless, it's reprehensible. It's not what New Yorkers want. And we should have the right of determination of what we want to do in terms of our gun laws in our state. End quote. Kathy, baby, let me just ask a rhetorical question here. Let's suppose they struck down the Second Amendment at the federal level. Does that mean now that South Dakota and Texas, you said, you should don't have the right of determination of what our state wants to do with gun laws in our state? So that means if the Second Amendment got struck down, Texas just say, screw it, uh, U.S. Supreme Court. We, based on Kathy Hochul's comments, we have the right of determination to do what we want in terms of our gun laws in our state, and we say everybody gets a gun and gets unlimited ammo. Your move, Supreme Court. You see, the, the, the left is not smart enough to understand that everything that they say can be flipped and turned against them. But she also says that you now have no forewarning that someone can hide a weapon on them and go into our subways. Oh, my gosh, the degree of stupidity here is getting me mad. How much forewarning do you have when a criminal has a gun? How It isn't the concealed carry law that enabled the shooter in Uvalde, the shooter in Buffalo, or the shooter anywhere else to go into a store and start blowing people away. It was a criminal act. The criminals are criminals. You don't have the ability to know that a criminal is carrying in the store, in the subway. You're de- that's what you're denied, is the ability to know that somebody at a criminal has a gun because they're not following the law. What you're being denied is the ability to deal with a criminal when the grim- criminal pulls a gun and he's unsuspectingly, unwittingly, has run into seven citizens who are all packing. And that guy doesn't even get the honor, not the honor, the ability to kill himself. You get to kill him if your life is reasonably threatened with imminent bodily harm or death. Okay, spent more time on that, but you can tell where I feel on this issue. Should be good for California. Go seek a concealed carry permit if you're in California. And if they say you have to go show good cause, probable cause, special need, you say, no, I don't. Supreme Court just ruled against you. No special purpose, special protection need is required. I have a right. And then, if they don't give it to you, you write me, we'll find the lawyers to sue the derriere off that sheriff's department till it's hanging in the smokehouse, and he follows the Constitution. You see, the left is all big on the alleged Constitution when it favors them. But when they're not, then they say, well, "Well, we need to do what we want in our state." Okay, I got to speed things up here. Um, adding to my boycott list because they're all—they're all. These are businesses that have decided to go political. I don't have a problem with that. There's some businesses that are a tad political that I like. My favorite restaurant of any restaurant—I actually have two. I have two favorite restaurants they they deal and cater to two crowds i love in and out i want to go in but i don't want to go out i just want to stay in there and eat cheeseburgers 
until I can't eat anymore. That's my favorite so-called fast food. Casual dining, as it's called, no question about it. My favorite restaurant is a Texas Roadhouse. Oh, my gosh. Out of Louisville, Kentucky. I, I tell you, the way they treat their customers, their patriotic, special parking places for vets, special, special parking places for vets that were disabled because of war-related injuries. Got to love these people. I love the T-shirts I see in some of them. It said that they serve uh, they serve the food. Oh, wait a minute. I got to get this right because I'm going to mess it up now. Okay. Vegetables are what real food eats for dinner. In other words, they serve beef and pork and chicken. They, the, the cows, the pigs, whatever, they eat grass. Uh, I like that. Okay. But in the past here, I've identified the companies, State Farm, Star Sucks, and then last week we talked about Taco Hell, Pizza Smut, and Booger King that have all gone woke and and are uh, destroying young children's minds, spirits, uh, in my perspective, emotionally and spiritually molesting young children with their drag queen shows and all that crap. But there's a new one to add for a different reason, Ben and Jerry's. Now, I knew that they were left-wing. I don't, I'm not an ice cream freak, so it's easy for me to cut out Star Sucks and Ben and Jerry's because I don't drink coffee. Um, just don't like it. Ben and Jerry's, I'm just not a big ice cream guy. But Ben and Jerry's now is requiring that their employees go through a training to uh, give them their propaganda about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Isn't that something? In other words, you got to sit through their propaganda to come out with what would be presumably and ideally from Ben and Jerry's standpoint, a pro-Palestinian, anti-Israeli position to get your job at Ben and Jerry's. Tell them to take a hike, find another ice cream. <clears throat> and then we got Joey No Brains Biden, who not only now is worried, as all the Democrats are, about the, uh, the, the phoenix rising from the ashes, also known as Donald Trump, coming back in 2024, they now have to split their time. They can't focus totally on Trump. They now fear Elon Musk. And so much so that they issued a decision that required Elon Musk's business venture and plans to move ahead with a rocket-launching facility in Texas. They have put in the approval of that site, and we're going to get to Texas in a little bit, Elon should not have any problems, not too far down the road. They put upon Elon, uh, Elon uh, 75 environmental actions he has to take to prove and move ahead, prove that it's an environmentally safe thing. This is kind of over and above the normal. Things such as, in order for them to move forward to the rocket launch plans. And I'll give you just a couple of examples. This is a nonsense to which the left goes, which you never hear this stuff on mainstream news because they got bigger issues. But I want to feed you stuff that you're not going to read otherwise, which is absolutely true. One of the requirements, 
In order for Elon Musk to get a permit to launch rockets from the great and soon-to-be independent sovereign state of Texas, they have to donate $5,000 per year to an ocelot refuge. They have to give $5,000 a year to a peregrine falcon fund. They have to operate a shuttle from the parking lot to the facility to reduce traffic, presumably the green crapola of thing. And in addition to all that, Musk Company here, I'm going to quote from World Net Daily, must develop and produce five interpretive signs describing the history and significance of the area and then fund educational outreach about the region's cultural heritage. And then they'll be required to hire a biologist to conduct environmental monitoring monitoring within three miles of the site. What in, you know what I want to say, what in the heck does the region's cultural heritage have jack squat diddly to do with a rocket launch facility? Nothing other than to harass this guy into paying money to push the Joe Biden cultural crapola. So we need to have some interpretive thing about a cultural site. This was this was a cultural. This was a culture that was going on in Texas a uh, hundred years ago, uh, and we need to tell people about it. And now there's some Hispanics being dis- displaced. Well, why don't you go back two hundred years ago when the Hispanics came into Texas and displaced the Indians? And why don't you go back farther than that and talk about the Indians that came into the area and displaced? Whatever the ocelot and the peregrine falcon, it is so ridiculous. Gosh, Biden, do you just plain suck? Okay, so now there seems to be a common denominator that people, our senators, are buying in on the idea to raise the gun buying age to twenty-one. Well, if I were in Congress, I would agree to this for maybe a few certain weapons premised premised upon the fact that if a if a young male, because those are the ones doing the shooting, would not be mature enough to exercise the discretion and judgment over the use of a firearm until they're 21 years old, then we can presume that no one under 21 is mature enough to have a sex change or to get an abortion. So, yes, we will agree that there are certain guns that cannot be purchased by someone under 21, provided in this same bill no one is able to get a sex change operation unless they're 21. No one is able to get an abortion, regardless of what the Supreme Court says. No one is able and mature enough to get an abortion until they are 21 years old. Now I will join in agreement on that bill. Pretty cool idea, huh? Well, I won't make it to the Senate. I'd like to be governor. I can't deny that. That's that's something I wanted to be ever since I was a young man. But I got baggage. Maybe it'll go fall to my sons or somebody else. And now Joe Biden is issuing the executive order that if Roe v. Wade is overturned, he, uh, he will implement a whole bunch of executive orders to make sure that based on a national health emergency, 
Understand the word health here. Health, national health emergency. We need to be able to continue to kill the children in the womb. I never thought that killing people would be a health emergency. Other than killing criminals who are trying to kill you, right? There's that Bible passage. I love it. You keep alive those who should be sentenced to death. And you sentence to death those of the innocent, those who should be kept alive. I think it's in Ezekiel. Don't have that address right now for you, but I think it's in the book of Ezekiel. And what and what it say? You look. You you're killing people that have done nothing wrong, and you're keeping people alive who have done everything wrong. And God is saying that's screwed up. You got it backwards. You got it's a 180 from what it ought to be. But this is Joey Biden, the guy who can't get it right even with a cue card. So it's a national health emergency if you can't continue to kill innocent unborn children. My goodness. No wonder we are being judged. Next topic. I am going to get to, well, I'm going to get to it. Just just trust me. I'm going to get to it. So the question arises that, um, that I get this question, where does Trump fit in going ahead? And I don't know. I mean, right now, as I said, for right now, he's my man. There's not, I don't want DeSantis to run because we need a good, rock-solid governor for the state of Florida when Florida joins the secession movement and leaves the United States, which we'll get to in a little bit. We need good, strong, gutsy governors to lead the way out because it's time. Trump would not do that, I don't think. Well, the fact is, if Trump is reelected, there would not be the need to do it. So he wouldn't advocate for it because the reasons why which states would leave would be the very things Trump is fighting against. So if he's an authority, the need to leave would be greatly, greatly, if not totally, eliminated, at least for a period of time. So then the question arises about Trump. Where is he in the 2024 thing? And and if there's not a an equal or better or more suitable candidate that has a with and suitable, I mean somebody that's got the guts and everything, I'm still with him. However, here is the problem. In the book of Daniel, Daniel talks about Nebuchadnezzar. At that time, uh, from what we know in his, his, uh, history, the most powerful man in the world, certainly the most powerful man in the Middle East. And there's a recognition in the book of Daniel that even Nebuchadnezzar knows that he has been selected by God to do a particular work. Now, Nebuchadnezzar is a pagan. After all, he ended up building, you know, the tower that uh, when the trumpets blew, the, show, the trumpets blew, everybody was supposed to bow down and pay homage, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, eh, I don't think so. Not so much, boss. Um, anyway, the, the fact is that Daniel, in the book of Daniel, uh, we see that Nebuchadnezzar actually was picked by God. In fact, in, it's in Daniel. Gosh, where's that passage? I had it here a minute ago. It says, uh, uh, chapter 4, verse 17, that the matter is by decree of the watchers. The demand is by the word of the holy ones, such that the living 
may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will, and sets up over it the basest of men. Nebuchadnezzar himself knew he was a base man. He was a pagan. And yet, after Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thing, he he had a bit of a turn, but he was still a pagan. Though he said, well, I, you know, it's good to show the signs and wonders that the high God hath wrought toward me. He knew that he was blessed. Nebuchadnezzar was uh, the not a man of God in the sense that he was biblically based, but he was a man chosen by God. And we have a number of passages like Cyrus, king of Persia. God says of Cyrus, he's my man. Why? To accomplish the purposes that I intend to accomplish. So Nebuchadnezzar was raised up by God. Donald Trump was raised up by God to fulfill a particular purpose. And he did. However, however, like Nebuchadnezzar, Trump had a pride issue. And I want to tell you, well, gosh, don't go away. I can't believe we're to a break already. It, it, whatever you do, stay around to the end of the break at the very least, because i got to finish this, and then we're going to get on to why Texas. We'll be right back. The Robin Mulcher Show is a listener-supported program. Your contribution goes to help as many people as possible to hear that the Word of God has answers to help you survive and even thrive in the dark days ahead in this country. We pledge to bring you the critical information you need to make informed decisions in this age where big tech and big media have conspired to rid our country of everything Christian. Please send your support to The Robin Walter Show. P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. Or go to robinwalter.net and use PayPal. That's The Robin Walter Show. P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. Or robinwalter.net and use PayPal. Thank you. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. A woman done left and took all the reason I was working for. You better not try to stand in my way as I'm walking out the door. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. We are back. This is the Robin Walters Show. Before the break, I was mentioning that Nebuchadnezzar, most powerful man in the world, was a pagan, but he knew he was chosen by God. He had some deference to God. He knew he was given his world authority by God. He learned that through Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that there is a God. And I'm not suggesting that Donald Trump, as a kind of a Nebuchadnezzar, is it's not a perfect analogy in that maybe Donald Trump really does know God. I'd like to think that he does. There are times that it seems to be evident that he does have a relationship with the Lord. However, you can have a relationship with the Lord and be entirely wrapped up in pride. And so when Nebuchadnezzar um, demanded that people worship him, he got lifted up in his pride so significantly that God struck him in a way that he was removed for a period of time from authority and he was out 
in the field with the mind of a cow on all fours eating grass. That's right. That's what the Bible says. Nebuchadnezzar was given much by God, but Nebuchadnezzar was pretty full of himself, and God humbled him. And Donald Trump has one thing that's required of him to return. Ultimately, Nebuchadnezzar did humble himself, recognized the error of his ways, humbled himself and and before God, and he was restored to the kingdom. Donald Trump simply needs to do the same. He needs to stop talking about himself so much. Talk simply about this country, what he plans to do. He can talk about how lousy the Democrats are, because that's all true. How awful, how wicked. In fact, he probably should talk more about them. But not talk about himself or what he accomplished. Unless he humble, he's the man. If he humbles himself like Nebuchadnezzar, he will be restored. But we have a period of time where he's kind of been put out to pasture. He's got great rallies. I'm glad he's doing it. And they're scared of him. Like I said, only Elon Musk is second to Donald Trump and the one people that the Democrats are now afraid of. But that won't come to fruition until and unless there is a humbling like Nebuchadnezzar had so that DT would once again be used for the purposes for which God has called him. If he doesn't, he won't. The people who hated him loved his policies, but hated him for his personality will still hate him if the personality doesn't change. Now, keep in mind, Biden has so destroyed this country, far worse than Barack Hussein Obama, he so destroyed it beyond that, this should, with a humbling by Trump, be a cakewalk. The amount of voter fraud that would be necessary to defeat Trump, Donald Trump would be of a Herculean amount. Doesn't mean they won't try, doesn't mean they wouldn't pull it off, but it would take an enormous, unbelievable effort by the Democrats in the, in the area of voter fraud to somehow save Joe Biden's butt or Cammy Harris's rear end, whoever is up there. Trump has the answers. People want him back. They don't want his pride back. He's going to have to dump the narcissistic. He can be narcissistic. Just don't talk about it. Just be at in your mind. And God will restore him like he did Nebuchadnezzar. Okay. Good news. Not only did the Texas GOP vote conclusively that the election was stolen. They didn't say it that way. They said that Joe Biden was invalidly elected. Code words for Joe Biden ripped the country. The Democrats ripped the country off. And I'll put out the plug again. If you haven't seen it, it is a must-see to watch 2,000 mules. You have to see that. Well, following right up on the heels of this GOP vote is a bill just introduced in the Texas legislature, which is Republican-controlled House and a Republican Senate with a Republican governor. you got to hope that Abbott has the cojones to move forward on this. And they put forward a vote for the Texans, the Texans to vote 
in 2023 on whether or not they should leave the Union. Leave the Union. It's something I've said is inevitable for 15 years that that this is was not ever a question of if but when and they're actually going to vote on it. I never necessarily felt like Texas had to be the first, but it is a leader. It is huge and they needed to be part of the process even if they weren't the first because they're big, they're influential. And guess what? They have seaports. Guess what? They have oil. Guess what? They have oil refineries. Go, hey, take a hike, Joey, no brains Biden. We're going to have our oil refineries skip the state tax, and we're going to go back to selling gasoline at a buck ninety-five a gallon. I don't know. I can't remember who sent it in to me. Why June or January 6, 2021 was important was important because this is why we should memorialize January 6, 2021 because that was the day that gas was still a buck 99 a gallon and diesel was 250 back when we had freedom back when we had energy independence now on a subsequent program because I do not have time to pack this all in I will cover in detail the biblical basis for secession why it can be, not always, but biblically rooted and based and therefore be the right and righteous thing to do. Now, it starts out with, but I want to cover, <laughs> but I want to cover some things here today, five in particular, and, and, and distinguish why secession is different than civil war. And it would not necessitate a civil war. But the first of the five things I want to cover today is that it is clear historically that there's only two ways by which people can or will be ruled. There's only two choices. I mean, there's up or there's down. You just kind of don't stay in limbo land. You either are ruled by force or you're ruled by consent. We are rapidly, rapidly losing the consent when the dictators, the Democrat dictators, have assumed a control, quite ironically, but clearly hypocritically, to contend that their dictatorial methods are necessary to what? Save democracy. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Like I said, you know, people say, can you believe Biden only has 36%? My thing is, I can't believe there's still 36% of the people who support that yin-yang. And, I, and I want, I'll get to why I call him a yin-yang. Why my prayer life towards Joe Biden has changed. But that's number one. We are only ruled by force or consent. Number two, and this is not in the order of importance necessarily. Maybe it is. But you have to have to understand this. Do not let anyone, any article, any professor, any friend tell you that secession is illegal. I read this moronic article from Yahoo News, and Yahoo News is frankly written by a bunch of yahoos. They don't have any clue as to history, the Bible, economics. Yahoo is some fundamentally clueless 
but I occasionally read their articles. So there's a guy on there that said, it's, a, it's illegal. We all know that it, you can't leave the union because it says that one nation, you know, under God, in, under, under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all. So he's focusing on indivisible. This Yahoo from Yahoo doesn't even seem to realize that that's not the Constitution. It's a Pledge of Allegiance. It's a Pledge of Allegiance that says indivisible. And isn't it interesting that this is Yahoo who, if he had to say the Pledge of Allegiance, would not include the language under God, but he says it to validate himself and what is to follow. See, the indivisible part has no value unless you precede it by one nation under God. So he uses, for his purposes, that which he despises, one nation under God, to give legitimacy, authority, authenticity to the indivisible language. But that's the Pledge of Allegiance. There is nothing, nothing in the Constitution that prohibits a state leaving. Absolutely nothing. Anybody that tells you that is lying or they are abysmally ignorant of our founding documents. And some will say that they go to Jefferson's preamble, that it was to create a more perfect union. You can't leave because the purpose here is to create a more perfect union. If it's a union, well, you can't leave. Well, first of all, I never understood Jefferson's language, more perfect. That's sort of like saying, I'm, I'm behind you 110%. You can't be more than 100%. You can't have a more perfect. If it's perfect, it's perfect. How does it be, become more perfect? That's something I, with Jefferson I disagree with him on. I don't know why he chose that language, but I'm not really here to, to, to bury him on that because the man was absolutely brilliant. As JFK once said, eating in the East Wing of the White House with a bunch of correspondents and reporters, he said, there's more collective wisdom in this room that has ever existed except for the time when Thomas Jefferson dined here alone. Man was brilliant. God directed. But the fact of the matter is, even if you resorted to the preamble of the Constitution, it's the preamble. The preamble has no force and effect. It's not the Constitution. It's just the introduction to the Constitution. Has no force and effect. Now consider this, Paul. Even if somebody or a court was trying to give us, um, trying to give the weight of a pledge to be equal to that of the law. In other words, you're trying to make the preamble be equal to the actual text of the Constitution, which it isn't. But judges can say whatever they want to say, and they often do. They'll pervert the law in the name of trying to enforce the law. They're really good at that. Consider, if you're married out there, let me ask you this. Consider the pledge you made when you got married. For better or for worse, till death do us part, in sickness and in health, you pledge yourself to that other person. It's a pledge. As a covenant. But what happens when one partner breaks that covenant? Even Jesus made it clear. One person is committing adultery, the other the other spouse is free to go. May not be may not you're not commanded to, 
but you're not under bondage to stay. What if the one spouse is beating the other spouse? Cheating on them, beating them, beating them up, spending all their money, hard-earned money at the uh, stupid casino or drinking or on drugs. And the other spouse, the innocent spouse, needs to depart. They maybe, they don't, maybe they don't get a divorce. They just depart. They've got to get out of that unhealthy environment. I get that. Has not the United States government under the Democrats broken its pledge? Have they not been the ones that have broken the pledge? Because they're not creating a more perfect union. They're all about division. It's one nation divisible with the Democrats, not one nation indivisible, but one nation divisible. And we want to divide it even more because only by dividing this country can we hope to stay in power to lie to Hispanics and lie to blacks and all of this stuff so we can keep them on the plantation and keep them in the fields. No, they haven't kept their promise any more than a cheating spouse has kept his or her promise. And you, and notwithstanding the vow, you have the ability, the legitimacy to pick up your marbles and leave. The government has broken its vow we're free to go. The Constitution does not require any particular reason to be able to leave. It does not. You can go when the government breaks the You know, that's why we have the Second Amendment, to ensure the, uh, the right of a state to be free, the militia being necessary to the existence of a free state the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, if I remember it correctly. I'm close. For the state to be free. The Second Amendment, it's an assumed right to be able to defend yourself. We don't have a right in the Constitution to say every person has a right to breathe. No, that's assumed. It was an assumed right to be able to defend yourself. So it didn't have to be explicitly drawn out in the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment, in its first application, its primary application, was to give the right to the state to defend itself against an imposing and imperious federal government. And oh, by the way, that can't be done unless the people have the right to keep and bear arms. You see the two components to the Second Amendment. One, a free state. We get to leave if we have to or defend ourselves against an imperious, imposing, dictatorial tyrannical federal government, but to do that, our people have to be armed. So you get the two complementary components of the Second Amendment. So there you have it. Okay, so if, if, if a thief holds you at gunpoint, do you have an obligation to obey the thief? You don't need a reason to go or get gone. No. You don't have to ask the thief, is it okay if I leave now? Is it okay if I, I use the bathroom? No. You get up and get gone when a thief, an illegally voted president, is in charge. You don't need permission. But this isn't because Biden was illegally in place in power. That's not the main reason. It's because of what he's done and is doing in the suppression of our fundamental rights and the pushing of, in my opinion, criminal child abuse throughout the country. 
I think there'll be 17 states that will ultimately leave the union. Texas, of course, uh, I said, did not ha- does not have to be first. It needs to be part of it. Um, that 17 states was point number three. Point number four, and i got to move along. I'm running out of time. It will be painful. It could be bloody, just like a divorce obtained under legitimate circumstances. It could be very ugly. But freedom always comes with a price. It always has. It always will. Point number five, it is and can be biblical. We're not talking about the overthrow of a government. Leaving the United States is different than overthrowing the government. I do not in any way, shape, or form on this program advocate trying to overthrow the government. Biden was illegally elected, and we, I see, have no, no reason or obligation to follow anything he does. But that does not give us the right to overthrow the government. It just gives us the right to ignore it and be disobe- disobedient to their illegally imposed rules. Now, I want to get down to the last issue here, which is maybe the most important. Some Christians say, just pray for Biden. I understand that. Just pray for the man. Well, I'm going to confess my prayers tend to be mixed. There are times that uh, I'm not don't encourage anybody to kill him. Of course not. But I could pray that he step out in front of a speeding Kenworth. And that's probably not right either. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. But hey, I'm a guy. I'm stuck in the flesh here. Sometimes uh, when I see the injustice, when I see five-year-olds getting emotionally slain, molested by Joe Biden's pushing of woke sexual debauchery, there needs to be a price paid. I just hope God drops a hammer sooner rather than later. It does say to pray for those in authority, but here's a question. Do you have an obligation to pray for those who are illegitimately in authority? So if Joe Biden is not the real president because he stole it, is there an obligation to pray for him? I mean, consider that. I mean, for those who are holding office contrary to the law, well, let me ask you. So let's say you're you're being held hostage. You're being held. That person has control of the situation. They're in control. They are in authority. Do you pray for the hostage? Yes, you would, and you should. Nothing's going to prevent you from pay to pray for your captors. However, does that mean you have to follow their orders? Does it mean that you can't plan and execute your escape? No, of course not. Just because their 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 authority is illegitimate doesn't mean you have to obey it. If you have an opportunity to escape illegitimate authority and they are abusing their hostages or beating them, why wouldn't you want to leave? Why wouldn't you want to to deliver and cause an exodus of children from government indoctrinating schools and the all the woke smoke corporations? Why not? Let me give you another example. Let's suppose your car is stolen, like this election was stolen. The thief is in possession of your vehicle illegally. Are you prevented 
when you see your car on the street that has been stolen, you still got a set of keys? Are you prevented from repossessing that which you lawfully own? You see, I think that this was maybe ill-conceived a bit, but probably what lay behind the Capitol um, a zealous protest on January 6th of 2021. This, the election was stolen. They see the car. They find the stolen car, and they want to repossess it. The problem is they didn't have the keys to it. There, I, I don't want to push that analogy too far. But that's the fact. If a person is illegally in possession of your property, it is not a crime for you to take it back. You got the keys to the car. You just get in it and you take it. You can't, you know, can you can you steal your own property? Is it stealing to take your own country back to what it was? No, no. So all of this is really kind of under the heading how do you and, and do you pray for Biden? Which takes us to point number three. Second Thessalonians 3, 2. It says that we pray to be delivered. Pray to be delivered from wicked and unreasonable men. God, do something to deliver us from this man or this woman. Does that mean there's no action? No. Faith without works is dead. You can, ele- you can legally do what's necessary to be out from underneath a wicked person. And in this particular case, it's picking up your marbles and saying, we're leaving. It's been nice, but now the state of Texas has to scream. We're going back to what we were once, and that was an independent republic. And oh, by the way, Oklahoma and Kansas, and Nebraska, and then South Dakota, and North Dakota, and Iowa, and Missouri, and Arkansas, and Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee, West Virginia. Maybe you want to join us. Those are the states that I see leaving. Some are on the edge, Indiana, Ohio, Wisconsin, Michigan. Maybe Idaho, maybe Montana. I think Alaska would leave. I'm sure they would. Could Arizona leave? That's a tough one. We'll talk about that at another time. But the fact is, pray that you be delivered from wicked and unreasonable men. And you have the ability to take a legal action to deliver yourself, just like repossessing your car or planning a way of escape when people are holding you hostage. Now, I want, there's interesting thing here, and I'm going to wrap it up. Four times in Scripture, four times it says that you have no obligation to pray for certain people. I no longer feel the obligation. I do pray for Joe Biden. I don't feel a biblical command to do so. And there may come a time when the Holy Spirit says, Stop, I'm done with this man. He knows the way. He's rejected it long enough. I have. Uh, heard the prayers, and I am going to do what's necessary. He is, at the very least, a hypocrite, contending he's a Christian, blah, 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 and then he does everything wicked under the sun, the most perverse president we've ever had. He specializes in perversion of all sorts. And consider this. There's actually no evidence that Jesus 
actually prayed for hypocrites? Or did he ever cast out hypocrisy? You see, people were stuck in sin, but the hypocrisy is, I know the way, and I am deny the way. I'm not going to follow the way. How do you cast that out? It takes something out. Jesus never cast out hypocrisy. And there's no evidence that Jesus ever prayed for hypocrisy. And therein seems to lie my declining motivation or obligation to pray for the United States. And what do you do until next week? Sit tall in the saddle. Remember, you ride for the brand, the brand of Jesus Christ. God bless you. We'll see you soon.